Welcome to Three Questions With, a podcast by the Latino News Network. LNN is dedicated to best serving Hispanic Latinos with local multimedia news and information websites in New England and the Midwest, a statewide community focus initiative. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on topics like civic engagement, education, employment, healthcare, communication, and social responsibility, among others. I'm Belen Dumont, LNN's East Coast editor and your host. Rhode Island's Hispanic Latino population has grown by 40% over the past decade. Latinos currently make up about 16.6% of the state's total population. General elections are quickly approaching, so it's crucial that Rhode Island's Latinos are prepared to vote. Latino News Network covers democracy all year round, but we've been a part of the Democracy SOS Fellowship by Herkin and the Social Journalism Network, which seeks to inform and support local communities to participate in local elections this fall. Our guest today is John Marion, Executive Director of Common Cause Rhode Island. Common Cause is a nonpartisan grassroots organization dedicated to upholding democracy across the U.S. with a presence in 30 states and Washington, D.C. It began in 1970 and has grown into a network of over 1 million members and supporters nationwide. John, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So Common Cause has a pretty comprehensive page regarding voting misinformation, disinformation, and something I've never heard of, malinformation. False voting and election information has heavily circulated in 2020, causing confusion and frustration among potential voters across the country. These inaccurate campaigns populated Facebook and WhatsApp, two platforms widely used by American Latinx communities, disproportionately reaching and influencing Hispanic Latino voters. A 2020 analysis by Avis, an advocacy group that tracks online misinformation, found that Facebook failed to flag 70% of Spanish language misinformation surrounding COVID-19 compared to 29% of such information in English, according to the Associated Press. Could you tell us about the different ways Common Cause continues to battle misinformation and protect voters from disinformation and malinformation? Um, sure. So, uh, yeah, as you, you described, um, both, you know, disinformation, misinformation are uh, threats to our democracy, um, particularly to voters uh, when it involves information about about elections and how people can participate. So we uh, nationally have a program uh, of what we would call social media monitoring. Um, where we recruit uh, volunteers from among our supporters or, or more than a million supporters. And we give them uh, training uh, in how to spot uh, misinformation and disinformation. Uh, and then uh, how, uh, when they spot it, um, to either um, try to correct it uh, on the social media platform, or uh, if they think that uh, it needs to be elevated, how to elevate it so that ultimately um, in some instances, uh, it can be reported to the platforms themselves so that they um, can try to deal with it. Um, you said you offer trainings. Are there also just resources about the difference of these types of misinformation and how people can approach it online? Yeah, so there's a couple of places you can go. Um, and, and I should say, if you want to participate in the program, um, we're always looking for volunteers uh, and um, and we especially need Spanish language volunteers because, as you mentioned, uh, you know, much of this has been targeting uh, the Spanish language population in the United States. Uh, and, and 
they're especially vulnerable because the platforms haven't been uh, as good in dealing with uh, non-English speakers on the platforms. So uh, you can go to protectthevote.net. Uh, that's protectthevote.net. That has information about how you can you can volunteer. Uh, if you want more information, um, there are resources on our national website, which is commoncause.org. Uh, and then locally in Rhode Island, we hosted a webinar on this, uh, and that is available on a website we built, um, which is called Demystifying Democracy. So I'll give you one more, um, uh, our listeners, one more uh, website to write down, which is Demystifying democracy.org. Uh, and if you go to that website, you have videos of a whole host of presentations that Common Cause Rhode Island has hosted. Uh, and one of the most recent uh, uh, is about misinformation and disinformation. And that's a, about an hour long program um, with a presentation by a specialist uh, in the field uh, who, who explains the difference between um, the two and uh, explains some of the steps people can take uh, to to uh, deal with it. That sounds like an amazing resource. Um, for the for the training and the program, is it in person or can people participate remotely? Yeah, it's actually all remote. Um, okay. uh, since the pandemic, we've we've switched um, to all remote trainings. There is an in person volunteer activity um, where, where we send voters out to polling places on election day um, to give nonpartisan information to voters. Um, uh, we call that our election protection program, um, and people can sign up for that, or they, they can do the social media monitoring, which is all remote, all virtual. Okay, that sounds great. Um, according to your website, I want to learn a little bit more about the Rhode Island Protection Program. Uh, it said that it seeks to ensure that every eligible voter who wishes to vote can do so safely and that every vote is counted accurately. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how the program works. Yeah, sure. So uh, what we do is uh, recruit um, volunteers um, and uh, through that protectthevote.net. Um, that's a nationwide website, but if anybody with a, a Rhode Island zip code um, volunteers through that website, they get funneled to me um, here in, in Providence. And I schedule them for a training. Uh, and it's an online training. It's about an hour long. Um, and they get some basic information about how to be a nonpartisan election protection volunteer, uh, including um, how to uh, talk to voters uh, and ask them questions and provide them with uh, factual information about how they can access the ballot. And then uh, once they've gone through that training, we assign them to a polling place uh, and they ask them to do a three hour shift on election day. And they spend three hours uh, with um, literature that we actually use from the Rhode Island ACLU uh, in both Spanish and English uh, that they can share with voters. They stand outside polling places looking for uh, voters who might have questions and then share that information. If they are confronted with a, a, a more serious problem uh, or a question they can't answer, they have the voters um, go to uh, um, uh, 800 number. It's actually an 866 number, um, which is 866-OUR-VOTE. Uh, uh, so they go to 866-OUR-VOTE. 
That sounds great. Um, according to your website, I want to learn a little bit more about the Rhode Island Protection Program. Uh, it said that it seeks to ensure that every eligible voter who wishes to vote can do so safely and that every vote is counted accurately. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how the program works. Yeah, sure. So uh, what we do is uh, recruit um, volunteers um, and uh, through that protectthevote.net. Um, that's a nationwide website, but if anybody with a, a Rhode Island zip code um, volunteers through that website, they get funneled to me um, here in, in Providence. And I schedule them for a training. Uh, and it's an online training. It's about an hour long. Um, and they get some basic information about how to be a nonpartisan election protection volunteer, uh, including um how to uh, talk to voters uh, and ask them questions and provide them with uh, factual information about how they can access the ballot. And then uh, once they've gone through that training, we assign them to a polling place uh, and they ask them to do a three hour shift on election day. And they spend three hours uh, with um, literature that we actually use from the Rhode Island ACLU uh, in both Spanish and English. Uh, that they can share with voters. They stand outside polling places looking for uh, voters who might have questions and then share that information. If they are confronted with a, a, a more serious problem uh, or a question they can't answer, they have the voters um, go to uh, um, a 800 number. It's actually an 866 number, um, which is 866-OUR-8-O-U- our uh, vote. Uh, so they go to 866-OUR-VOTE. Um, and that's a nationally staffed hotline. Um, and it's staffed by uh, voting rights attorneys who can answer the more complex questions about uh, voters might have about uh, how to, you know, um, cast their ballot successfully. Gotcha. Okay. Do you think that anyone volunteering would, do they usually maybe have any specific interests or skills? What might motivate people to volunteer to the program? You know, it's, it's a variety of things. Um, so, uh, for instance, in 2020, we partnered uh, with Roger Williams Law School, um, and we had about 25 um, law students um, participate in the program because they're, they're interested in voting rights laws um, and how they're applied. Um, mm -hmm. But oftentimes, it's just... Um, folks who aren't partisans, right? They're not volunteering for campaigns, uh, but they want to do in the, they want to do something to help our democracy uh, and help people vote. Uh, and maybe being a poll worker, which we also encourage people to be poll workers, is too big a commitment, right? Because being a poll worker is about a 14 hour um, commitment, and we're only asking for a three hour commitment. So oh. so it's just folks who, who want to be involved but maybe don't have the time to be a poll worker. Uh, or have some special interest in, in elections. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, absolutely. So you're listening to Three Questions with John Marion, Executive Director of Common Cause Rhode Island. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community. We are speaking with John Marion, 
Executive Director of Common Cause Rhode Island. John, we've discussed much of Common Cause's work and resources, and I highly encourage everyone to very um, check it out online. You have such a great variety of services. But I'd like to hear more about you and what has motivated you personally to enter this line of work, whether it's how you started or what keeps you engaged in advocacy for democracy. I'm uh, uh, not a native Rhode Islander. I grew up in New York. Um, and I actually wanted to be um, a college professor, a political scientist. Um, and so I studied uh, voting and elections as an academic um, and, you know, would teach about them in the classroom. Um, but uh, a couple of things happened. Um, one is I didn't finish my dissertation, so I didn't get the, the degree I needed to do that uh, for a living. Uh, and then Bush versus Gore happened in 2000. Um, and you know, at the time I was actually teaching a class uh, on how elections occur. And my students, you know, went from being fairly bored by my uh, somewhat dry lectures to absolutely enthralled um, by what happened in Florida in 2000. And, and it really made me realize that there was a, a great need for people uh, to be a part of uh, finding solutions uh, so that voters weren't disenfranchised. You know, if, for those who don't remember, you know, that was a disputed election, uh, presidential election centered on Florida. There were problems, among other things, um, with uh, the way ballots were designed in Palm Beach County, Florida. Uh, and ultimately, the Supreme Court halted um, recount efforts, uh, and George Bush um, was uh, declared the victor of the Electoral College and, um, and became president of the United States. But there were terrible problems in Florida. Um, Florida has greatly improved elections since then. But Rhode Island, um, you know, uh, had challenges with, with um, election administration and voting rights. Uh, and so fortunately, in 2008, I was able to um, take over here at Common Cause and have really been able to make my life's work, um, helping people get involved in democracy and um, trying to advance policies that are uh, pro-voter uh, and pro-democracy. So it's, it's you know, a great organization. I'm the luckiest guy uh, in the world to get to do this work every day. Right. Thank you for that so much. It's really um, interesting to sort of hear that journey. And you've always been interested in it, but a lot of times it really does take some real life experience um, to sort of change our ways into what we want to do. Um, so I appreciate that. According to the U.S. Census, the Latino electorate is young. From a solution standpoint, what needs to be done to motivate and engage young Latinos to participate in this year's elections? Uh, that's a that's a great question, um, and and a timely one. I I was talking to someone today who was looking at the data from the September um, primary in Rhode Island, uh, and was pointing out, um, you know, that the vast majority of voters um, were over. Uh, 50 years old in September, uh, and that the number of uh, younger voters was just minuscule. Um, you know, the, the, the problem is we have sort of the um, antithesis of a virtuous cycle, right? So young people don't vote, therefore politicians don't pay attention to young people, therefore young people don't feel that politicians pay attention to them. Um, and, and it perpetuates itself. And that's a terrible um, problem. We, Rhode Island has taken some steps um, uh, 
in, institutionally um, back about a decade ago, or actually more than a decade ago, um, we created a system of pre-registration for 16 and 17 year olds um, where they can register to vote and then uh, pre-register to vote. And then when they turn 18, they're automatically registered to vote uh, and eligible. Uh, and then in 2017, created a system of automatic voter registration where if they interact with the DMV, um, they're automatically registered to vote um, uh, unless they, they choose not to uh, at the DMV. That said, you know, we can get young voters registered, but they've got to start voting. Um, and it's a, it's a real challenge. There is a, uh, a great coalition in Rhode Island, um, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, but I think it's like the Rhode Island Civic Education Coalition um, that consists of a whole lot of groups um, from Providence Student Union to Generation Citizen to Arise, which works in the um, Southeast Asian um, community, uh, you know, um, tons of groups that are trying to engage young people um, in in our democracy. So young people um, need to get involved with organizations that are working on issues they care about. So whether it's you care about gun control or whether it's you care about the environment or whether it's you care about civic education or um, whatever issue you care about, find the group that's working on that and start showing up. And I think you'll find like-minded people. Um, and then you'll find that uh, the politicians are paying attention to, to your group because you're organized. Um, so it might be an affinity group uh, in the Latino community, or it might be a, a group, um, you know, so for instance, Progreso Latino in, in Central Falls, or it just might be a group around an issue you care about. Um, and, and that's really, to me, the gateway uh, to civic participation is through, um, you know, working with other people who uh, care about issues you care about. Last thing is just if you're listening to this and you um, are encountering any problems voting, you know, in, in Rhode Island, when you hear this, early voting will be happening um, until November 7th at your, um, most likely at your city or town hall except for uh, Providence and Cranston, where um, it's at an alternate location uh, that you can find online. Um, if you're encountering problems, either during early voting or on November 8th, uh, the best thing to do is call um, 866-OUR-VOTE. Uh, that's available in multiple languages, including Spanish, um, and uh, it'll connect you straight to attorneys uh, who can help make sure that you can exercise your right to vote. John, thank you so much for your time. I wish we could discuss more. Hopefully we'll have you back, um, but it's been a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So everyone, you've been listening to Three Questions with John Marion, Executive Director of Common Cause Rhode Island. Three Questions With is produced by the Latino News Network. LNN oversees six independent local news and information websites with the statewide coverage, Hispanic Latino editorial focus in New England and the Midwest. I'm Belen Dumont, reporter and editor for LNN, and thank you all for listening.